My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, fellow saints of the Lamb, it is not often that I have the opportunity to walk into a sanctuary prepared to preach a sermon and discover that the sermon is already being preached for me. And it is not often that you have an opportunity to walk into your sanctuary and the moment you walk in, you have your sermon being preached to you. And yet, today here we are. And I am here to give the sermon, and yet the sermon is already being given to you. And it has been given to you since the moment you walked in here. Because as you look at your altar, as you look in particular in this painting right here, you have the sermon from John chapter 7, just in case you can't see it. Maybe you can see it better now, especially on that side. This painting right here is a visual sermon on Revelation chapter 7, the words that we heard read in our first lesson. And, and as we look at this painting, we can look and, and we can see what John sees. We can see that host at the top of the painting. And that host is, is wearing white, robed in, in the righteousness of Christ. And, and that host, as you look at them, is, is waving palm branches. Since ancient time, these palm branches have been the symbol of victory, and, and the, the saints of God are waving those palm branches around the throne of God. And as you look at that painting, John describes this multitude. It's a multitude from every nation and tribe and language and people. He describes them as an, uh, a, a countless multitude. And while it's hard to take a painting this big and, and paint enough people into it that you can't count them, this painting has a way of showing that countless multitude. Because as you look towards the top, you see, you can barely see the people fading into the distance. John describes a countless multitude. This painting depicts that countless multitude standing around the throne of God. And then as you walk in and you look, in the very center you find the Lamb. The Lamb standing on His throne. And, and when you look at, at lambs and artwork, the, the lamb is often depicted in one of two ways. One way that the lamb is depicted is either he's kneeling down or his feet are bound. He's the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world that has been prepared for sacrifice. But that's not the lamb that's painted in this picture. This lamb is a lamb that's standing. And even though he has a wound on him, he is standing because he is alive. He has been raised from the dead. He is victorious. And so as we look at the painting, we see the, the, the host of saints gathered around the Lamb, the Lamb who has been victorious, and they are all looking at him, and they are all worshiping him, because all the saints are all about the Lamb. Our altar proclaims the vision that John saw. It describes that picture of the countless multitudes that, that are surrounding the throne of God, praising His name. And here we see their focus. Here we see Christ. 
the Lamb who is reigning on his throne, the Lamb who has made those saints clean, the Lamb who is victorious and guarantees us the victory as well. And, and it's a beautiful picture, isn't it? And it's a picture that we need to see, and it's a picture that we need to be reminded of. It's a picture that every time we come in, we need to have that reminder and that encouragement that as we walk as saints of God, following the saints who have gone before us, we keep our eyes focused on that lamb, that lamb who has given us the victory. And, and so there's value in, in starting our focus on that lamb. Because as you look at, at all the other hosts up there, all the saints that are, are, are depicted up there, as you look at them, you see them wearing white. Now they are wearing white because they have been given white to wear by the Lamb. Now they are wearing white because they had to have that white given them by the Lamb. They had to have the Lamb wash them in His blood. And, and as we look at that, and we see the lamb and the way he's made them white, we, we start to, to sense a little tension there. We sense a little tension because as we look at all those saints that are up there dressed in white, we know that those saints haven't always been dressed in white. And, and that tension occurs because we can look at ourselves, we who are part of that saint, part of that host that John sees in heaven, we can look at ourselves and we know that there are times that we feel like we are not wearing white at all. And as we look at that multitude of saints, we can also think of, of our brothers and sisters in Christ who have gone before us. And we can think of times that our brothers and sisters in Christ were not that perfect example of perfect obedience to Christ. They were sinners just as we are sinners. They were people who wore filthy rags just as all of our righteous acts are like filthy rags before God. We look at them and we see people who struggled, struggled with temptation, struggled with, with their sins, just as we struggle with our sins. As we look at them, we see people who needed a Savior to wash away their sins just as we have a Savior to wash away their sins. And yet we look and we see them clothed in white and we see them focused on the Lamb because the Lamb has done just that. The Lamb has washed away their sins. The Lamb has made them white by His blood. Just as the Lamb has washed away your sins, and just as the Lamb makes you white by His blood. That's, that's why they're standing around and singing to salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And, and as you look at this multitude, this whole multitude has been gathered from the four corners of the earth. And... And John needed to see that this multitude had been gathered from the four corners of the earth. Because those, this, multitude, this multitude pictures the church triumphant. And sometimes we need to pause and we need to consider that, that church triumphant. The, the church of God that's been brought out of this world and into his kingdom and now sits in glory where there is no more, where there are no more tears. 
And we need to see that and we need to be encouraged by that because we are still walking in the church militants. We still find ourselves each day putting on that armor of God and as we walk with that armor of God, we find ourselves fighting against temptation. And we find ourselves fighting against the influences of the world. And we find ourselves struggling with our sinful nature. And as part of the church militant, we can sit there and say, yes, I see some in my number. I can sit there and count the 250 people who are worshiping with me and walking as, as a fellow soldier in the church militants. I can count the 747 fellow members that I have that are walking with me as I keep my eyes fixed on the Lamb. I can look in the community and can see the Christians that fill the churches and I can sit there and say they will join me in heaven as a fellow believer in Christ. We need that encouragement because as we walk through that church militant, we need to see that this is not the end. That there is a time when we will be gathered with a, a countless multitude. Just as, as John needed to hear that. If you put yourself in John's shoes, John was that apostle who, who went out at the beginning of the church. He went out and started proclaiming the gospel. And the church wasn't that big at that time. The church was growing, and at times it grew quickly, and at times it grew slower, but it wasn't a multitude that was countless. And yet, as John looked at this multitude, what does, what does he say? He says, who are they? Who are all these people? And he's told, these are the people that come from the four corners of the earth. These are all the people who have believed. These are all the people who have heard the word of God. These are all the people that have seen the power of the gospel and held to the power of the gospel and rejoiced in the power of the gospel. John needed this encouragement because as he sat in exile for proclaiming that gospel, he needed to see that his work was not in vain. He needed to see that the church was not going to fall apart. He needed to see that the victory that he proclaimed about Christ's resurrection was a victory that a countless number of people would see and a countless number of people would believe and a countless number of people would live in for eternity. And, and we need to see that too. John paints that picture for us so that we know that our work with the Word is not in vain. We know that as we follow Christ, it is not in vain. We know that the victory that Christ proclaims in His Word as we put on that armor of God every day is a victory that is guaranteed for us. Well, John de describes that great host up there, the ones shouting victory and proclaiming the victory of the Lamb, he describes them as coming out of the great tribulation. And, and sometimes we need to pause on that too. Because if you look at that painting, you'll notice that there is no toil or tribulation in that painting. That's because we don't need someone to depict the trials and tribulations that we go through. We can see them with our own eyes. We can experience them with our own body. We go through them. John paints a picture without those troubles, without those tribulations, to encourage us and to prepare us and to equip us for those times that we see those trials going through our lives. Because 
no matter how many times we hear in Scripture that there's nothing new under the sun, that the trials that we face are the same as the trials that the people before us have faced, when we find ourselves going through those trials and tribulations, especially those trials and tribulations that seem to pierce our hearts, it seems like that trial is unique and unique to us alone. And so as we go through those trials, and it could be any number of things, it could be that sudden death that affects us. It could be that, that struggle with health where we were knocked down and instead of being able to hop up, it seems that we just stay knocked down again and again and again. It, it could be that we seem closed off and, and lonely and it doesn't matter how many people are around us, the loneliness seems to stand and no one can break through and no one can get in. And what do those trials do? They try and isolate us and they try to sit there and say, this lamb who is victorious, he can't help you. He's not going to do anything for you. They try and get us to despair and in our despair to turn our away, eyes away from the lamb that is there. And, and sometimes those trials and tribulations appear in the form of persecution. Maybe, maybe our character is attacked while we're at work because of what we believe, because of what we confess. Maybe we find ourselves carrying a wound, and maybe it's not a, a physical wound, maybe it's an invisible wound that we carry. An invisible wound because we, we insist on following after our Savior. And, and maybe it actually is a physical wound. Maybe we have found ourselves shedding blood just like our, our forefathers found themselves shedding blood, shedding their blood for their testimony about Christ. You can see tribulation. You live in tribulation. You can feel the heat of that tribulation. And it seems to be pressing as we live in a world where it seems that those who confess and walk in that church militant grow smaller and smaller and smaller. And it's in those moments that John, with this vision, points us back here. And he points us to the church triumphant, and he points us to the saints of God, and he points you to you. And he says, you are the one standing around the lamb, and the lamb is on his throne. And as you look at that lamb on that throne, you see the comfort that the lamb gives you as you go through your trials. And, and you see that comfort right there in that, in that wound mark that the lamb has. Because as you look at your lamb sitting on his throne, what did that lamb do? that lamb entered into this world. And that lamb endured the tribulation that this world put on him. And he suffered under the temptations that were thrown his way. And he faced trials even to the point of death. But then on the third day he rose. And he ascended into heaven. And he was seated on the throne at the right hand of his father. He was victorious. And because he was victorious, he gives victory to each 
and every one of those countless multitudes who are surrounding his throne in heaven. He gives his victory to each and every one of you after you finish your time in the church militant. And Christ's victory, that has an effect. They, they aren't empty words that Christ speaks as he, he comes to our aid, as he helps us through our trials. The victory that he has won for us affects us now, but more importantly, it affects us in our eternal life. And that effect is described this way. They are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. The trials and the tribulations that you face in your life which you will face, are not the end of the story. Jesus gives John this vision. Jesus lets you see this vision that you might be encouraged, that you might be reminded that what you see right now is not the end of the story. That's the end of the story. So that as you walk into worship, you can be encouraged. As you leave these doors, you can have that picture in your mind that we belong to a, a lamb who has triumphed, a lamb who has been victorious, a lamb who gives us that victory. And so we await a glory that will be revealed to us. And as we await that glory, we know that it has been guaranteed by the lamb who is on his throne. Amen.